go ahead and open up the show. Welcome to the Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris, and today I am joined here with Gennaro and Jocelyn Dugan. You big Discord guy? No, well, Discord doesn't cost any money, whereas Zoom does. Um, I mean, Zoom costs money? It does when you use up data like I do. Like, if I'm using uh, it for these podcasts, you know, they're at least an hour to two hours at a time. And if I'm doing that four times a week, you run out of fucking minutes, right? So Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, uh, that was always the problem that I ran into with this fucking podcast was, like, all the, the uh, services where you would, like, upload your stuff, they were like, oh, you, you – upload too much so i was like oh, okay well that's fine but disconnect my Bluetooth um, all right let me see well do you guys hear are you guys dance gavin dance fans by any chance oh my god yes i haven't listened to them in a very long time well, what happened well tillian has some sexual assault and rape allegations against him now oh yeah. That's spicy. Oh my Let me gosh. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was all over Twitter yesterday. It was so it was so all over Twitter that he went on Reddit and wrote out a fucking wow. like thing. Holy shit. It's gotten to the point now where I just feel like from now on, I just have to right out of the gate, as soon as I find a band that I like, I'm just like, okay, separate the art from the artist right away. Because That's there's a fifty percent uh, chance that fucking two weeks yeah, down the line this dude's gonna be happen, a murderer. Bro. The, the cancellation of people is very interesting because people are so like gung ho over certain artists. Yeah. Like I went to see Jail Socks back in November, and literally not even three days after I had these guys, like you know, I have their phone numbers. They were gonna come stay at my house. They ended up going somewhere else. Yeah. Not even like three days after that, got you know doxxed for sexual assault allegations. Oh and I'm God, like, man, what the dude. hell? You're gonna you're gonna come stay at my crib, and and this is what you're doing in your free time? That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Is the cancel culture is real. Mm -hmm. I um I had uh I actually was attempted to be canceled because I was on a meme page and they were talking about panic at the disco. Yeah. And uh You mean Brendan Yuri. I just posted how I loved (laughs) I loved a song of theirs and they're like, Well you support Brendan Yuri and I hadn't I hadn't heard a thing about what he had done and I was like, I'm just so baffled and then I got attacked by a bunch of people. They were like, you're a bad person because you like Panic at the Disco. When I completely had no clue of anything that he had done, which like I ended up doing my research and there still really wasn't anything that I could find. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what you're referencing. Yeah, so I have no idea. And I'm a Panic fan. I still didn't find anything. Apparently he told the whole crowd that he was going to like fuck them or something. It was crazy. But then I got um, messages to my work. And they were like, she's a horrible person because she supports Panic at the Disco. And I literally got a phone call from my boss the next day. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. They're trying to cancel me over this and trying to get me to lose my job because I said I like Panic at the Disco. So you really got to watch yourself. Did your boss, was your boss like... People on the internet are ruthless. Was your boss like, hey, uh, so people are calling us, telling telling us that you like Panic at the Disco. What's a Panic at the Disco? (laughs) <laughs> that's what I would assume. He was just like his first words were like the audacity, first of all, of these people. Yeah, and I tried to explain it, but we we settled it and uh, everything was okay. But they went as far as tried to like message message my work Wait, because of a post on a meme page. Why do they know where you work? 
Because it says Man, it it's the internet. They always bro. Know. No, you can't put that kind of information <laughs> on the internet because people will find it. Yeah, I, it's okay. I'm a good person, so yeah. I'm not really not really stressing it. Listen, if it makes you feel any better, I still listen to a band that is probably the oh the God, worst. I know what you're about to say. The worst of the worst, right? <laughs> it's a band called Lost Prophets, okay? Oh, I already knew it. I knew it. I love that band, I okay? I don't like going. Ian, okay? Ian is a real-life monster, but I can't change what that music meant to me before that information was revealed, right? It was a fucking right, middle right. school, okay? And it wasn't until 2012 that the information came out and he went to trial and he went to jail because he's a real piece of shit listener, okay? I'm not on his side, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criminalize the band when more than likely they had no idea, had nothing to do with it. I don't know, it, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's not like they're like, oh, you like that band? Like, I don't fucking know them. We're not. I'm not sending them yeah, money. I'm not personal right, like, friends. Not with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like. It'd be one thing if it was your buddy and you were supporting what he was doing. Right. You know. Yeah, that was a that was a one thing I've always been like curious about because like you know the way things are going, I'm not gonna be able to like any bands other than just like you know. Uh, synth way, not even synth way, but just no, because nope. all music is made by people, and just people are garbage. Yeah, you just can't like people. Yeah, that's you, don't associate with anybody, or you'll get caught in the <laughs> aftermath. What if we just got rid of live shows, and people just like there was no touring? You just you could sign up and watch a live stream of them performing, and you bought their music online. You couldn't fucking meet them. You couldn't see them in real life. That way, you can't touch nobody. Problem solved. Right. Isn't that what happened like two years ago? Oh, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you're referencing. <laughs> you know, the, now this is we the truth. We only live stream <laughs> concerts and people could only do things socially online. Mm-hmm. Bro. That's, that was a whole, that was like a whole, they needed a vaccine for that shit, bro. Like it, it took a while. Yeah. The, yeah. I, Mainly what I'm trying to say is that I want the Matrix to be real. I don't want to have to go anywhere or see anybody in person. That way, I'm not going to get you sick. You're not going to get me sick. You're not going to diddle my butt, and I'm not going to diddle your butt. Nobody has any chances to do. It's all just verbal. Butt diddling. Yeah. No butt stuff. <laughs> but yeah, what a, what an awesome intro to this episode, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> no, I, I it yesterday was when they announced well when the information was released that Tillian was a uh, the allegations of the sexual assault right and immediately in like all my like vinyl groups are like hey if anybody's got some dance Gavin dance they want to sell for cheap let me know and I'm like that doesn't make the music less it doesn't make it worth any less what member of dance Gavin dance was it like you had to tell me like what their position is oh Tillian he's the vocalist Oh, he's oh the my new gosh. vocalist. He's yeah, and Tillian is the reason I started liking Dance Gavin Dance. I never listened to him until Tillian joined the band, and then I heard his vocals. You weren't a Johnny Craig guy. You didn't like that he was stealing people's MacBooks. <laughs> Listen, he's he's this podcast favorite drug addict, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't really. I have no favoritism to Johnny Craig. In support of Johnny Craig's yeah. drug addiction. Dance uh, last September for their Afterburner tour with uh, oh, no Olivia and Vela Maya. Nice, hell yeah! I was yeah. Animals as Leaders was supposed to play, yep. and that was actually the main reason why I got the tickets. 
And then they backed out because of COVID stuff. Yep. Then they replaced them with Polyphia, and I was like, ooh, yep. That's a solid I replacement, though. It's a solid replacement. Mm-hmm. So I have to agree. Hell yeah. Well, is it Jocelyn or Joss? I think I've known you as Jocelyn for it a is, long time. It is Jocelyn. I mainly go by Joss nowadays, okay. but that is my that is my name. All right, so Joss, Joss, Joss. Got it. I didn't know if it was short. I didn't know if you were shortening it. Like, my name is Christopher, but I shortened it to Chris. I'll answer to both, but one of them, I'm going to assume that I'm in trouble. Like, if you call me Christopher, I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I did something wrong. Why don't you go by Topher? Because <laughs> I'm not a fucking douchebag. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends actually switched over to Topher, and I it's taken me a while to switch to That's it. I only know Topher I, Grace. Yeah. I... He's still a nasty ass guitar player and a very good good friend of mine. To me, the reason why there is no no reality where I would transfer over to Topher because Topher is just a totally different name than Christopher, right? There's Chris, there's Christopher, but Topher is like a totally other name. Or you know, Joss is That's short like- for Jocelyn or uh uh oh god, uh Somebody's trying to call me Lynn, and I'm like, no. Not, see, that's a that's totally different it. name. That's a totally different name. You can't do that shit. Don't ever call me that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I, ever I will call me that. cancel you and call your job. Yeah. I'll call, you, I'll <laughs> call your job. I'll call you out. I'll make sure you get fired for calling me the wrong name, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> name I'll call Arrow you. now. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, <laughs> um, I haven't – well, okay, so – Physically, I've seen you guys in person. Joss, I saw you perform not too long ago at JT's. And Gennaro, I literally saw you like yesterday. But what have you guys been up to musically? How has your uh, your musical endeavors been going? Which one of us is going first? Oh, oh me? Okay. Um, well, I've been kind of out of the music scene for a while, as, as most people know. Um, but as far as what I've been doing uh, over... The time that I've been in college, we, as my band, I Feel Less, have been kind of morphing our sound and doing some more uh, some more experimental stuff, more in the vein of uh, the world is a beautiful place. Um, you know, we're expanding our, our sound and we're hoping to be releasing a full length here in the next year. It's been a really long process since our last EP dropped, like five years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys were also like one self-producing and like learning how to self-produce. And then in the middle of that, you all dispersed across the country to different colleges. So it's, that just adds a whole nother thing. I feel less. Uh, It's, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you have even heard any of our music from, I think our our last release was 2017, 2018. Oh my God. That's pre pandy bro. Yeah, it's been a while, and we haven't performed since probably 2019. Um, was the last show you played yeah. at, was that at Smith's with fucking... Um, oh, God. I think so. I think our last Spineless Heartless? show was with Spineless Heartless and Trash the Dress. Yeah, yeah. That was also the, I think that was the last show. I loved playing with Trash the Dress. Uh, we actually produced a single with um, their guitar player, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was great, but I think that was the last time we performed locally. But we're still very much alive, still working on some stuff, and I, I hope to be able to promote that soon. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Sweet. What about you, Kitty? 
Okay, so honestly, I'm kind of in the same exact boat. I um, partially, I uh, I released uh, an EP in 2017, so about five years ago, and I am also self-producing a full-length album for Joss Dugan Music, and it is taking a while. I do it all here in my home studio. I might go and do a couple studio sessions with a full band. I'm still kind of working it out how I want to do it and formulating formulating really but other than that I have uh, a new a new thing that I'm doing and my uh, alias is called Liddy Machiko I uh, work for a label now called Ice Cream Kowan and I'm like a vocalist instrumentalist writer and uh, so I add some production and I've been rapping a little bit and uh, I've been working with some really cool people through them hell yeah and I, I love it I uh, I forget who I was talking to recently, but I was like, oh yeah, I saw Joss perform. Um, what's the what did I what was the group called at uh, JT's uh, like a month ago? Uh, what's it called? We're called the Queen Ghidorah Project, That's what and it I is. think that might be our new live band setting. Yeah. Um, just because I want to work with other musicians and not just be like the main writer, mm-hmm. and just give other people a chance to play some of their songs and just have like full professional backing up band to work with and I've got a lot of older cats that I work with Randy Randy. Randy's my drummer you met him we were on the pad shout out to Randy Randall (laughs) Randall Um, (laughs) Randall Randall that's my home skillet biscuit but uh, yeah the Ghidorah project that's just me and him uh, Nick Mullins and whoever wants to come play with us really hell yeah I I was uh, yeah I was talking to somebody and i was like oh yeah i saw uh jocelyn perform and uh i was like i can't remember what her what her band name was called because i swear every time i see her perform she's the band name is something different it's like oh she's performing with these people and then this time she's performing with these people under this name i was like i can't keep track i can't keep track of that girl (laughs) (laughs) well it was joss dugan music which is strictly my music and then anything outside of that it was bad assets Mm -hmm. with billy east uh, but that since COVID and the pandemic, we've just kind of went our separate ways to do other things. And uh, the Ghidorah project is so that I can still play live music with a band and uh, not just feel like I'm the center of attention. Because as much as I love that, I also don't at the same time right. for some reason. I don't know. That's fair. I, I also, I do love the spotlight, but only when I want the spotlight. Don't, if I'm not ready for it, bro, No. I'd be like that's it's like a mm-hmm. when you're sitting in AA and they're like, do you have anything to say? I'm like, pass. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> Not today. Next guy, please. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Thank you for sharing. Mode, Keep so coming back. It works if you work it. Yeah, I used to go to. I used to go. It to, works if you work it. I used to go to some it. of those meetings. You big twelve step guy, Chris. Well, they were court ordered. I had to. I had to go to those. But I'll tell you what, I mean, even though I didn't really want to be there, you learn some interesting stuff and you also, this is going to sound really bad, but this, listen, this is just, this is my life. Okay. This is how, this is what helped me seeing these older people in these super shitty situations. Like my kids don't talk to me. I have my house taken away. I ain't got a license. I'm like, bro, I'm not, I am not about to be that at all. I'm not going to do that. So Sometimes, even though there, you know, it does suck. It, I think there's a lot of, uh, 
what, how do I want to say this? Uh, it'll really light a fire under you. Like, oh, do you want to, do you want to wind up? Yeah. You want to wind up like these, like this person in this super tragic situation? No, then you better get your shit together. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I've been really going through like some heady shit. So in a couple weeks, I'm going to Disney World with my family for the first time in like Ooh. 10, over 10 years. The last time I went was, I was a senior in high school and I was like super addicted to drugs, <laughs> right? And <laughs> it's it's just gonna be, it's really weird to think about who I was the last time I was there and who I am now. And it's just like- So you're not gonna drop acid and go on Space Mountain? Listen, I don't know about that yet, okay? <laughs> I actually thought about that today because I was like, I'm gonna take something with me, okay? Because it's gonna be hot, there's gonna be a lot of people, I'm not gonna be comfortable already okay so i'm gonna need some sort of assistance and i thought about i was like well <laughs> i could probably sneak some acid in i was like i could probably also sneak some fucking edibles in or something but did you did you guys not well did you know that florida isn't recreational it's not legal at all you can do anything in florida <laughs> except for like actual drugs <laughs> it blew my mind i was talking to my buddy who uh works there in florida and disney world now he's like what's the weed situation there and he was like the the what's the delta eight and he's like that's legal but and i was like i don't fucking care about that and i was like so there's Delta the shit bro he was like <laughs> i was like so there's no dude i buy that stuff from the gas station it's pretty sweet yeah, it's pretty good is it <laughs> yeah i don't know i have no idea what it is and i definitely i get down at the delta eight it's like it is legal yeah, huh. it's the only legal way you can get high in Texas. So a lot of people are very big into Delta Eight. Is Del- it's really cheap too is, down there. So is Delta Eight like a fucking the Mister Smiley two point Like it's not. I no, know it's, it's not real. Leaf. It's real weed. Oh, it's, it's just a, the only thing that's outlawed with cannabis is THC nine, right? Yeah. I mean, sure. Delta um, Eight still gets you high even like there's a thing called delta 10 as well yeah that also gets you high it's just the 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 thc to cbd balance is a little offset so it's a loophole in the law basically Uh, okay is that so i think now that you said that i think i was i'm reminded of a conversation that somebody once told me that um it has to do with like the percentage of thc so like delta 8 is a lower percentage but it's not because it doesn't meet that threshold of like oh i mean it's a lower percentage but that shit that'll still get you some some going you know you take a 30 milligram delta 8 edible from from you know mad labs down the street and you're torched (laughs) all right so basically what you're saying is i will i do have access to extracurriculars in Florida. They have them at the marathons. Yeah, bro. Always go to marathons. any like the dingiest gas station you can find will usually have them, or like all vape shops carry them. Yeah. The great seller. So you'll be set here in Florida. You know what? That's funny because my buddy was like, because I was asking, I was like, "Hey, what's the weed sitch in Florida?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's uh not legal here." He's like, "I I only stick to diet weed now." And I was like, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> That's what "My friend calls it diet, diet weed. weed." I was like, "All right, it's whatever." Just the diet. I'm like, no, dude, it's it's literally just as chill. Well, I, that's I would describe it as chill. I think that's a good word to use. I, I may have to eat, go like find if you're some. Smoke CBD flower, that's more diet, but like the Delta Eight literally does it. Like it does the trick. It mellows you out. 
they have indica sativa hybrids like interesting now i now i get my stuff from the gas station legally let see that's i i know i've seen like i'll pass by like I think low bob sometimes and especially always marathons marathons are always the connect if you're wanting some kind of legal way to get high marathons got it um but i'd see like delta eight signs and i'm like i don't know what that means and it's probably just like some cbd thing and when cbd first came around i was like oh fuck yeah let's try that and then it did nothing and i was super bummed because for some reason i was expecting it to get me high and that's not what it does but we're not here to talk about drugs, even though I could just turn this into a drug podcast. It's just called the Junkies Podcast. No tunes, no tunes allowed. No podcasting allowed either. It's just dudes doing drugs. <laughs> we all just got together and did drugs and pretended we were on a podcast, but didn't record anything. Wait, don't record it. <laughs> so, don't record anything. So you just want to hang out and do drugs. <laughs> What I think I've decided right now and deciphered is that that's called having friends. <laughs> you know, we can we can make that happen, bud. We can we can hang out and we can do drugs. All right, we'll make it happen. <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, listener, we're not here to talk about drugs or the the recent loss of another member in Dance Gavin Dance. That was a mean joke, but. We're actually here to celebrate an anniversary, right? This is probably one of the only times I will ever do this because I know if I don't rein it in, uh, it'll just become this. But we're going to talk about John Mayer and his his first album, Room for Squares, which debuted 21 years ago today as of the release of this episode. Initially... For the listeners at home, you know, driving in their car, this album is in fact still older than me. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. I one of one of my questions was gonna be like, "Do you remember where you were when you first heard, you know, this album?" And I was like, "Janara, where were you? Oh, were you still a gleam in your dad in your dad's eye?" Fortunately, <laughs> how old are you? How old are you? I'm 20. I will be 21 in December. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you're young. He's, he's just a baby. Don't. I am, in fact, yeah. still a child. Yeah. Well, it's you. You're listen. You've come a long way from when I met you. When I first met you, you were a child, but now you're just. Yeah, you met me when I was like 15, bro. That <laughs> yeah, was your fault. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were a. You were literally a child. Room for Squares was released June 5th by Aware Records, right? And then, um, I guess Aware had some deal with Columbia to where. Columbia could get first pick of any of their lineup, right? And they they could essentially draft them, right? And they heard John's uh, Room for Squares EP album, right? And then they're like, that guy, they scooped him, they re-recorded some of his songs, and then they added some, and then the the Columbia edition, which is the one we all know, was released in September of 2001. But we're going to count June. We're going to do this one first, right? Even though... The re-recorded release had a song on it that wasn't on the original record, which is 3x5, which is a fantastic song. Fantastic song. Look at you. That's another thing I probably should have asked. I think it's probably assumed that I am the big John Mayer fan on on this, but have you guys ever been fans of John Mayer? Was it, is it just like, oh, he's good, or do you like actively listen to John Mayer? I actively have listened to John Mayer for sure as a songwriter 
Um, I've always looked up to other people who genuinely write songs, mm -hmm. and also he's like mega hot, so it's kind of hard for me not <laughs> for sure. To him, so for I'm sure, like, we're, I'm for glad we're in agreement with that. Yeah, <laughs> writing this, and then I remember seeing him on I think like an MTV award or like on the Grammys as well, mm -hmm. uh, playing guitar, and I was just like melting pretty much, and I was like, I don't know who he is, but. I am in love, and his songwriting and guitar playing skills have blown me away. And I, I love, I love that you love him because you're bringing it back for me to have another person to look up to as a songwriter who has been really successful. And mm -hmm. those are the kind of people that I really love to study. Yeah. So I study. When I've it comes, I'm gonna derail just for a second. When it comes to so I know all of John's material, right? But I think out of all of his work, I think the best song he's ever written is Walt Grace's Submarine Test. Um, that's from his uh, Born and Raised Born and Raised album. But he literally wrote a story, right? And it's fantastic. It's it's so good. He taught classes about it at Berkeley. Mm, fantastic. Wow. Fantastic song. But we're not here to talk about that album. But, I think I have a very interesting relationship with John Mayer as far as my exposure to him. I've always considered myself like a fan of John Mayer, but my exposure to him wasn't through his, his albums. It was always, it was, you know, I don't know how much have, have you guys, you know, have seen of it on YouTube. All of his, like, he has a lot of guitar lessons and mm -hmm. these like micro docs, like 10, 15 minutes of like him explaining his songwriting. Mm -hmm. That was kind of more my exposure with John Mayer yeah. more than his actual albums, which I hadn't actually listened to until I was probably about 16, 17, where I was more exploratory in mm -hmm. my songwriting. But I mean, I grew up listening to John Mayer. My dad's a big John Mayer guy. What? So I've had a, I've had, yeah, my dad's a very big John Mayer guy. Bro, well, I should have had your dad on and not you. Well, he's not here. Fuck. So unfortunately, God damn. Yeah, sorry. damn it, dad. Tell your yeah, dad. Sorry, Vinny won't be here. <laughs> I'm I'm coming over to your house one day, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna befriend your dad. Like, so how many times yep. did you? Wait, so your dad's like buddy buddy with Billy Joel, and yeah. he's also team gayer for mayor. Um, I don't know if my dad, um, who's a staunch conservative, would say he's gayer <laughs> for mayor, but. Um, <laughs> I would say he is a John Mayer fan, <laughs> if that's what you mean. <laughs> uh, when I see him, that's when I'll be like, so are you also gayer for mayor? And he's going to be like, what does that mean? He might he might get a little concerned. <laughs> I think it's interesting that I, a lot of people think that I'm joking when I say that I'm like, I listen and love John Mayer. I'm not kidding. I, I'm wearing a John Mayer shirt right now. Okay. Right there. It's not. This isn't a joke, listener. I am a John Mayer fan, but um, let's take it back to 2001. Jannar, you're not here yet. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember listening, hearing John on the radio? Like, what was what was the first song that you remember hearing, if you can recall that far, Jess? It was um, his one of his hits. It wasn't um, "Your Body Is a Wonderland." It was the other one. Why I Georgia? Or is it no such thing? No such thing. No such thing. Don't worry, he's talking about running through the halls in his high school. I remember hearing that song and just thinking, there's so many aspects 
going on in this song. Like there's so many different kind of like switch ups mm -hmm. and it keeps the song just so very exciting because every little switch up that he has, like when he goes into the chorus, like I wanna run through the halls mm -hmm. of my high school. Like I know every last word to that song. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just thoroughly impressed. And then like, I just remember thinking like, this is good. And like, also I just feel like that era of music was really, really good. And he deserved to be a part of um, what was happening, mm -hmm. like the movement of music during that time. Um, but yeah, I was really young. I think I was, uh, if it came out in 1999-2000, I was like seven or eight years old. And um, I just remember being a kid and just like singing it and hearing it on the radio. And then um, it's pretty much what opened it yeah. for me. And I've known about him literally ever since. And um, I never like went so deep as to like get any of his albums because YouTube was already always right. a thing. and like buying CDs kind of was like dying out at that point. Yeah. Um, so everything I could do, I could download online. Um, but I remember having a couple of his songs, mainly his hits on the, on like mixtapes and stuff right. and just really, really admiring him as a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I even saw him on a movie. He was in a movie with Will Ferrell and he's got, they hired him. What movie is that? It's a, uh, oh fuck. What? That's not the one where they go to jail, is it? Because he's at a private party and he's like, do you want to see a bunch of... He hires him for a private party yeah. for his girlfriend or something. He's like, I hired John Mayer. Yeah, even. John Mayer comes John in and he plays uh, Your Body is a Wonderland and all the girls is go that, crazy. Is that Get Hard? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah that's what it is. Mm -hmm. He's in that movie. Yeah, for like, like three minutes, and it's, it's but it's really funny. Yeah, it's so good though. And uh, that's another thing that also inspired me was like... Uh, I love musicians that like get so recognized that people want to pull them into movies and mm -hmm. stuff like that because that's something I'm interested in doing too is participating more in film and stuff as well. Well, John's like a big uh, comedy guy. That's why he, I think it was uh, before the pandemic, him and Dave Chappelle had like a, like a, they were calling it controlled chaos, I think. And it was like uh, Dave would do uh stand up and then John would do some songs and then they would come out together and they would just like riff and like joke and converse. I was so jealous. They only oh, did yeah. a few of those shows in California and I was like, fuck man, what I would give to be in that audience to see those two together. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. One of the main reasons why I am here is because of your love for John Mayer. And I am here as your pupil to also learn more. I want to hear you talk about every last awesome thing that he has because I know if there's anybody that wants to highlight how incredible he is, you're going to have the ability to oh, do yeah. that. And I'm just here to just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> well, this is my master class on how to be gayer for John Mayer. <laughs> that's, that's what I this do is. <laughs> concur on the dick writing of John Mayer. I'm down. Yeah. That's a, I think it's, well, to go back to the the Dave Chappelle thing, I remember being like, I think it was middle school, and I saw the skit where uh, it's Dave, Dave is, Kitty, you got to get down, Bubba. No, don't you fucking scratch me up, dude. Get down. Cut later. Um, I remember seeing the skit where Dave Chappelle is going around to like, you know, work workplaces and uh restaurants and stuff and seeing how white people respond to electric guitar right 
and John Mayer was the was the feature in that skit. And I was like, oh, okay. So this dude's pretty cool. And then I think um, I think it was after his album Heavier Things, he had a show on MTV called uh, like John John Mayer's Prank Show or whatever. And he would like I remember that. He would like film like before and after his like concerts. He would like dress up and just go out into the parking lot and like talk to people without them knowing who he was. But unfortunately, that didn't last long. But um, I do recall that though. Yeah, I I think I remember hearing. Um, I mean, obviously, definitely, no such thing was the first song that I heard, and then shortly after that was, uh, "Your Body Is a Wonderland." Because when I was younger, just like you said, there wasn't. I mean, I wasn't buying CDs really. You know, didn't have a job. I was in you know <laughs> fifth grade, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> It was all just like what I'd hear on the radio. And growing up, a lot of what I, all the music I ingest was only from the radio. So I had like certain places, it would be 1039 The Bear, and I was listening to like Corn and Soundgarden. And then with my parents, it was like 80s music with like fucking Tears for Fears and Genesis and Phil Collins and stuff yeah. like that. And then when I would go like to the public pool, which where I, is where I, I listened to a lot of music. I spent a lot of time at the pool and they would play U93 and they would play lots of John Mayer, right? John Mayer and Alanis Morissette and fucking Meredith Brooks and No Doubt and Backstreet Boys. Um, but I remember just being like, I thought it was a different, it wasn't like the pop that I was norm. I was used to hearing on the radio, right? It was, there was, it sounded like there was more thought put into the guitar. Like it's almost as if it was a real guitar player playing these songs on these uh, mainstream pop, and it wasn't just like you know not to shit on Green Day or anything, but Green Day's not known for their technic their guitar technicalities, right? They're great at what they do, right? But it's chords. Okay, John is a blues player, right? So I I I I was interested in that. Um, I had mentioned Your Body is a Wonderland, so now I have to ask, because that song has become something something else, right? It's been however many years since it's come out, and John I John doesn't always play that song when he when he performs because it's like he, he's quoted as saying he has a love hate relationship. Sometimes he hates that song, sometimes he loves it. But I think people give it shit and it's like, bro, he was fucking Gennaro's age when he wrote that song, okay? Like, yeah, you, think, you tell him, Chris. Now my question is though, let's say you guys are you come home from work, you have a significant other, whether you do in real life doesn't really matter. In this scenario, you do. You're coming home from work, your partner comes out of the bedroom dressed in something scantily clad right yeah i said scantily clad it's a fun word it's fun words damn okay but so you're immediately interested right you go into the bedroom and they like give me one second they go to this (laughs) they go to the cd player and they press play and it's your body is a wonderland okay and this is the year 2022 what is your response to hearing that they want to they want to get intimate while listening to your body is a wonderland by john mayer are you okay? I'm fucking with it? for sure. I'm <laughs> fucking, bro. I'll answer that question right now. I'm fucking right away, bro. Okay. All right. I I appreciate your your gumption. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm yeah. like fucking send it. 
Yeah, I, no point in waiting, bro. There's effort. There's effort put in. That's true. You know, they put in John Mayer or not. That's a damn good song to put on. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the way you just played that out is, I think, like the vision that comes with it. Like that isn't even a new vision. Like I've definitely thought about that. I'm like, that would be the perfect scenario. And um, now I'm gonna really be on the search for uh, a lover to do that for. <laughs> She's like, I need a one night stand and this is the only scenario we're gonna play out. It's you're gonna go in the room and you're gonna play your body is a wonderland. I'm gonna come in and we're gonna make love. Actually. Say what? Just Craigslist it, bro. Put it on an ad on Craigslist. No. I'm sure someone will offer up, you know. <laughs> I can almost guarantee they will, but you cannot accept their offer. You, I'll never see you again. Y'all, I'll see you on some kind of documentary on Netflix about how this girl got murdered. And then John Mayer will get negative PR because, like, somebody's luring in these people with your body is a wonder. All these millennials with your body is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking millennials. <laughs> Take it to the strip club, even. Take it to the club. Do I want to see somebody do a whole pole dance to that. Do you think that's a song that you could you do that's... a sexy like pole routine to? I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna see if there, there's yeah. a John Mayer. Your your body is a wonderland routine. There's. I mean, it up. I think I think I'm having a hard time picturing it just because <laughs> the music that I think of now when it comes to like, uh, like. Uh, is stripper is stripper a bad? Are, are we not supposed to use that word anymore? Erotic, exotic dancer. We'll say exotic dancer, just because I don't need. I have people in my life that do that for a profession. I don't need to fucking hear from them. Um, I have no hatred. For yeah, it. I support sex work. Do what you got to do. It's one of the oldest professions in the world. Fucking do it. So I don't care. Make you all fucking. Just be careful, cause uh, creeps creeps like that stuff and sometimes creeps don't know how to you know respect boundaries so just be safe so, out there people update there is no pole dancing routine not, but i did find uh 13 years ago taylor swift and john mayer singing that song at the staples center oh so, that's right did they date at some point they did yes yeah they, they all did they dated for a, a while, like probably a good couple couple of years yeah, a couple it and wasn't very long no, but it was it was it was relatively short lived. But then she wrote "Dear John," mm -hmm. which became one of her biggest songs on "Speak Now" I her record. Uh, he oh. wrote um, "Paper Doll" about Taylor Swift. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was me. They both got hits out mm -hmm. of it. It was cool. Well, and it's funny because awesome. and then um and they're on the album in the two thousand nine album. Oh god. <laughs> and John Mayer's 2009 album Battle Studies he has a song that um, f uh, Taylor is featured on she doesn't have like a verse um, she probably did but then things fizzled out and he like cut her verse out but you can hear her like harmonizing in I think it's uh, Half of My Heart just like uh, Katy Perry when John was dating her she's featured on uh, Born and Raised I believe and that's a song called uh, mm -hmm. Who You Love. Mm -hmm. you Who love... else did you date? That's what I want to talk about now. Bro, his, his fucking list is stacked, bro. Jennifer Aniston, this Jessica Simpson. He's dated everybody. <laughs> and from... Listen, I had this conversation like a couple of weeks ago about calling John Mayer a douche is not a bad thing because his lifestyle for a period of time was very eccentric, very extravagant. 
So the women that he was dating would obviously match up to that. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a fucking rock star. He was also very young. Okay, that's the thing that you know we're now we're all very understanding when young stars go a little crazy. You know, Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber. Just we get it. We understand the pressures of you know the industry and like oh you know Macaulay Culkin. We get it. Okay, but. For some reason, because John was like writing love songs and, you know, getting all these hot girls when everybody wanted to shit on him when they're like, oh, he's I mean, he did say some controversial things when he was younger. But, you know, I've also said some very controversial things and, you know, you just grow. Okay, my brain wasn't done developing just like his wasn't. I was a dumb kid. He was a dumb kid. We were all dumb kids. I think I could talk to anybody on the street and be like, have you ever said anything that you would regret? like having brought up now i bet you 99 percent of people would be like yeah please don't dig into my my history because i was a dumb kid once as we all were he dated jennifer aniston fuck yeah he did really oh yeah yeah she's bad as fuck bro and this was in the fucking early 2000s bro this was when i think friends was still on or it had just like ended Bro, she's dummy bad. Yeah, I fuck with her. Yeah, John's got a pretty pretty stacked list, and from what I hear, he's been quoted as being a very generous lover. I believe Katy Perry said that. Why? Can I get a translation. What does that mean? Um, I think it means that he's not a. He's not a. Say it, Chris. Say it. He's not a hump and dumper, right? I think he's if he. I don't know why I'm trying to censor myself on my own show. If he comes, she comes, right? He's oh. he's he's a very, you know, if I'm going to achieve an O, you're going to get one too, as it should be, listeners. Treat your partner with yep. respect. Everybody, fair. If you're getting one, they got to get one too, dog. Preach it to the choir, yeah. please. <laughs> Which is a topic he explores in Your Body is a Wonderland, 2001. <laughs> yeah, he loves the shape you take when you're crawling towards the pillowcase. Which, I really fucking love that line, bro. I know it's I know it's kind of like... Uh, there's a, a douchey vibe to it, I know. But that's such, a, that's such a perfect line. Like, if a man... If a man said that to me, I'd be like... Really? You think? Yeah? I, I would probably blush a little bit. And if John Mayer said that to me, I'd be naked in a heartbeat. For sure. Dude. I, I think he's I think he's self aware about his lyrics though, and that's why they're almost kind like I'm not gonna call him cringy, mm -hmm. but like he's got a lot of things that he's very clearly saying for a reason and he doesn't care the connotations or like the backlash from it. Yeah. Like I think of my stupid mouth. My stupid. This mouth. this song is so good. Yeah, but it's it's so whiny in the chorus. Yeah, like he's definitely like self-deprecating because he's trying to prove a point to somebody. Like literally just saying, "I'm never speaking up again." Like that's a fucking. It's like it's dramatic. That's something you say to somebody when you're trying to gaslight them. <laughs> oh, I guess I only say fucking hurtful things. I'm just never gonna speak up. Yeah, I mean, so, but I think he's he's aware he's aware of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's one of those songs where it's like I was. Su I'm always surprised at like because I'm so used to when I think of pop a very similar song structure. Right, my stupid mouth is barely like it's almost just like a poem. 
And then he's got yeah. like this one. It's like this is where I'll, I'll just I'll repeat this chorus thing. I think they just labeled him as pop because they were gonna put him with other pop artists to be there. Yeah. But I would call him a singer-songwriter, and if anything, like he's got like yeah, he plays blues guitar, but he also knows a little bit of jazz too. Like oh, yeah. he's got really thick jazz chords going on too. Yeah, that's. And, uh, mm-hmm. That's one of those things. He's definitely a guitar player and a musician more than he is just like a songwriter as as far as like lyrics go, Mm -hmm. because you can take out his lyrics. Like you can make all of his albums, instrumental albums, and it's still going to be fantastic. It would still be just as popular. Yeah. But I think a lot of the, the, his, his rise in popularity was because he has very thought out lyrics, especially in his, in his later work Mm -hmm. that are just, um, they resonate to a large group of people, which I feel puts him in the pop sphere. Yeah. But I don't think that was ever his intention. I think his intention was just to write very strong music and then add lyrics to it. Yeah. That's, I mean, to case in point, uh, Neon. Like that. Like any guitar player I've ever talked to and I bring up that I'm a big John Mayer fan. Almost ninety percent of them are like, "Yo, Neon, that's a great yep. song to like get, you know, learn dexterity on a guitar. Just getting your finger." That was the first John Mayer song I ever heard, bro. That's it's baffling, and it's like, oh, he's a twenty-year-old. He's just writing that. That's where to key into your like. He is more of a musician than he is like a. Not to say not to knock his songwriting abilities because he's he's fantastic at that you ever heard a song gravity yeah fantastic song he wrote that he came up with that in the shower by the way if anybody's curious um but yeah that's (laughs) listen i'm just saying like it's so crazy that there are so many like of the iconic songs not just from you know john mayer but like musicians in general that they're just offhanded they're like oh i had this idea while i was at the bar and I wrote this down on a napkin like Chris Cornell he wrote Black Hole Sun in like 10 minutes like on a napkin I've been experiencing that a lot with songwriting and working with uh, the label because yeah. like half the time I'm writing right then and there and then the next thing I know they're just like yo this is the one I'm like cool I just pulled that shit out my ass in like <laughs> 10 seconds let's mm-hmm. go yeah. <laughs> I, I've from the little bit of experience that I've had with like writing, it's it seems the ones that you don't have to think about, they're just like, eh, it's you're almost just kind of like turning the faucet on and just letting it out. Um, I guess I do prefer the ones that just, that, that just like come out yeah. offhand, and I think that has something to do with like human nature. Yeah, I think that's more of like a psychological thing. Is we like stuff that has like instant rewards, right? So you write, you pull a song out of your ass, right? Like Josh was saying, you pull a song out of your ass. Mm-hmm that is usually going to perform the best because that was a present moment decision that you didn't have to second guess and people prefer their decisions that way. Right. So I guess when I'm writing my music, I do sometimes become over analytical and you know, I'm like, Oh, this fucking sucks. I'm going to rewrite it a million times. Mm -hmm. But then there's the, like the songs we've had that are the the highest performing, you know, the ones that get the best crowd reaction or that do best on streaming sites. Those are the songs that I wrote in like legit four and a half minutes. Right that I just like, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds cool with this guitar riff. We're going to put that down. And then we just never changed it through the songwriting process. Mm-hmm. And it stuck. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, what, another song that I'm really, uh, 
Oh, that that kind of reminds me of is uh, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, Banger. The front man, I can't think of his name right now, but like he was about to leave Goo Goo Dolls. Like his marriage was falling apart. Uh, the album, the music wasn't doing that great. It wasn't doing as well as they wanted. And he was just really struggling. He had writer's block for like a fucking year and a half, right? And he finally just sat down and just opened up the faucet and wrote Iris. And instead of thinking about like how others will like this, you know, uh, will this do well on the radio? He was just like, I'm just going to write what I'm feeling, right? And that's how we got Iris. Is It was just one of those faucet on, it's just from the heart straight to the paper, right? To be as cliche as possible. But that's what it takes apparently to make, you know, lasting, you know, timeless songs is for it to be true to the spirit of humans, right? Man, I fucking love that song. On the other aspects though, I will kind of, I'm going to kind of put the flip side on here Mm -hmm. because I'm a classical musician as well. And I study like the classics, like Beethoven and Brahms and Mozart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those were like some of the beginning people that were writing like insane music. If I could have been alive when Beethoven was dropping his symphonies and been there and been like, yo, Beethoven is just about to drop his fifth symphony and I can go listen to it. And it's so structured and he had been working on it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awesome. Like, you know, that was like mind blowing. And um, a lot of the songs that I put on my EP were songs that I had been formulating for like quite a while. And a lot of the songs that I'm trying to put on my next uh, full length album is songs that I've been working on for a couple of years and they have a lot of structure. But I will say like, like I said, like there's just something really special about it being in the moment and capturing it. Um, I don't know if you guys have listened to FKJ Mm-hmm. Um, he does that song Ta-da! with like Masigo. It was like it took over the internet for a while. But FKJ, his um, you guys gotta check him out. You probably have heard his music at some <laughs> I'm point. I'm looking at what you said. It was Tadow, T A D O W. It's like do 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 do. Like you probably have heard it. It's on commercials now. Oh yeah, yeah. Check, but... I've I've heard that song. It's on TikTok. Hmm. So everything he does, he has a camera ready to go. He's plugged in at a studio and it's live. He takes aspects of what he has written, but then freestyles the hell out of it, adds new aspects constantly to it. And uh, that's what makes him so amazing to me Mm -hmm. is because he does partial structure and then partial improv. And uh, that's kind of how I function is partial structure, partial improv. And um, I love that stuff too. That's always. I think there's definitely a place for it too, but um, there's a lot of magic though with that free, impulsive stuff. Like I think I remember listening to Post Malone talk about um, one of his songs where he's like, "I'm sussing, I'm sussing, I'm sussing." Yeah. That song. I think he wrote that in like ten minutes, yeah. and then put it and like instantly became famous like within a couple days off his SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of those songs that like helped his career just boost off. So, and that's you just never know. I think I think that I in terms of like the improv thing I definitely think that I do better writing in that sense like so most of the time I'll have a nugget right I'll be like okay here's here's an idea that I want to work on 
but I can't get any more to come out like that. And it is just by me, by myself. I don't play any instruments, so it's just all lyrics and melodies in my head. Um, but when I take that nugget and I take it to some, some musicians and they start jamming, as soon as I have that music going, then like all the cogs start moving and then the improv comes out and it's not always good. You know, you know, that's the nature of improv. Not everything's gold, but in letting all the dust get out, you know, cleaning out the pipes, you find, you find the, 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 the road that is going to fit with that nugget. Right. And I've always really loved, and I think that probably some of my best work comes out of, from that beast of collaboration. It's not just, I don't have enough mana for me to just write hit, hit, hit just off of me. I need that collaboration, that energy transference from another, another musician. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. No, yeah, it's not. I think that's, that's kind of how like bands, like full bands form is it takes a lot to find musicians you can work comfortably with mm-hmm. and people that share a similar image. Yeah. Um, so being able to, to riff off of people, you'll always have, you know, someone that's, you know, more musically talented or someone that's more creative. But if you're able to find that collective of people and work well together, you're going to have better songs out of it. But then again, you have people like John Mayer, who is able to just write these songs almost entirely by himself mm-hmm. because he has that concept of having the image of what he wants in his head and how he wants it to play out, and he can just create that. Yeah, he's um, he's got that special ability to where he himself is an entire band, right? Because yeah. he's got the writer, he's got the musician. You know, he's you know he's got the the natural tempo in his head. Like he under he he plays a guitar like I like to think that I can talk. <laughs> I like to think yeah. that I'm very well spoken. He he plays a guitar like it's, you know, a, a, another appendage. It's baffling. You were talking about those, that jazz, Joss, you were talking about that jazz influence earlier. And you can, whenever I would like hear him talk about writing or playing, and he would just say like, oh, it's a, a G sharp flat in this, and like these crazy long for just the one thing that he's playing. I don't know, man. It's watching him perform live, and he's got his hands are huge. So he's doing the Jimi Hendrix thing where he's using the thumb over the top to do the top string, and then he's using his. That's fo- what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, lots of she's said about him. Um, but yeah, if you had to pick one song off this album, off of Room for Squares, that was your favorite, or two questions: which one is your favorite? And which one would you suggest to somebody who wanted to listen to the album for the first time? I'm gonna let Joss go first. I gotta think for a second. Right. I mean, I can I could like, say first if you guys want to think me, about it. That first hit that he had, just because uh, no such thing. It is really familiar, and at some point, I guarantee you somebody has heard it, and they like for like sure. for instance, I was sitting there with my roommate, and I was like, "Dude, I'm about to talk about John Mayer," and I started listening to him. And the next thing I know, we're both singing like all of the words, and he's like, "Oh shit, that's right." Oh, I do know I this song. Like, no, this song is just about to get really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the musicality of that and um, his voice and the structure of it, like I definitely recommend that. But also that song, Neon, um, he slaps like he his like tempo with the guitar, and that is like phenomenal. Um, yeah. 
I can't really speak on a whole lot of other ones, but um, I really liked his cover of, and this isn't on that album, but it's like um, something paradise in a parking lot. What the fuck is that? That's song? Counting Crows. No, no, he did a he did a cover of um, he did a cover of uh, one of these songs. Are you sure it's the Counting Crows? Um. They pay paradise to put in a parking lot. And now, now, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yes, yeah, Counting Crows. I mean, that's not their song, but they Counting Crows covered that song. Um, but yeah, I don't think I know he's done covers like um, live before, but I don't think he has any that are like on rec- on record. But yeah, if I were to um, put on, if I were to suggest Room for Squares. To a newcomer, what song would be the first one that I would suggest? I think a song that really encompasses the entirety of the album is, I think Three by Five is probably his best song on that record. Um, but um, I also really like. Sorry, say that again. You said the Three by Five. Yeah, Three by Five. That's a. F- and that was added in after it was taken over by a new. Yeah, company, once right? once Columbia uh, re-released, they had some uh, re-recorded um, songs because uh, "Room for Squares" is a uh, it's like a rework version of his um, his first EP, which is "Inside Once Out," which he released in 1999. Um, it has some songs on here, like it's got "My Stupid Mouth" and "Neon," and um, I think. But they're very, they're EP. They're like, I recorded this in my my dorm room kind of style. And it's still good because you can, you can hear like how absolutely talented he is. It's just not shiny like it would be from, you know, a Columbia record studio. But it's, um, there is a song on that EP that never got, re-recorded he does it live sometimes but it's called a uh, victoria and that song is absolutely it's it's gold yeah i would say three by five would be my probably my favorite song and also the one that i would suggest to a newcomer i've been doing some thinking listening to your guys' responses about this you didn't hurt yourself did you i didn't but i probably could have <laughs> i think my favorite song on this record is where I'm the most divisive because I like the songs on here for varying different reasons mm-hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and say that Neon is my favorite a- but I'm not going to recommend that song to a new time listener because that's how I was exposed to John Mayer yeah. and I think it kind of hurt my image of what he initially was supposed to be Yes, but that would make absolute sense because that's got like Kind of a flam, at least the guitar's got like a flamenco style to it, right? Yeah. And then to think like it, this is how he plays, it's not. That's just a song that he did. Yeah, he's he's very exper. No, I don't want to say experimental, but he's he's pushing a boundary of pop music yeah. with with Neon's guitar playing skills that he has. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I mean, it's accessible to a new listener, but someone that comes from like an academic music background will make more sense. But just like a casual listener, I might have to be pretty generic and, and say either no such thing or honest to God, three by five 
is an incredible song off of his discography like as a whole i definitely put it up there Mm -hmm. top five songs he's ever written um and i think it's accessible enough and it encompasses his his style very very wholly um so i i think those are my two picks neon and three by five but there's so many songs on this album that i would also consider some of my favorites, yeah. Um, like St. Patrick's Day is really good as a closer. <sighs> Thank you so much Shockingly for saying good that. As a closer, I love that song. I just, I love that he was able to write. Like, I, I don't know how he does it. Like, it makes sense when I hear it, but I can't ever imagine myself being able to write. Going from what does he go uh, from uh, September, no, uh, November to December, January, February into March, just like singing about how, oh, I love you from here to here. And like, if we at least stay together this long, we can at least be together till St. Patrick's Day. I think that song yep. is November, amazing. December, Christmas time. Uh, what else does he reference it here? I know he references January and Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, obviously. The one thing he's he's very creative. Mm-hmm. So I do. There's one thing about that song that fucking bugs the shit out of me, and it's the way that he correctly pronounces February. He says Febru. He puts the R in there, February, and it fucking drives me crazy every time I hear it. I can't fucking stand it. Cause February. I don't think I ever noticed that, bro. Listen to it later, and he because he says February, and I'm like, ugh, dude drop the r drop that r dude it's super interesting how much um like thought he puts into his lyrics and not just the lyrics but phonetically how does it sound with the guitar how does it flow with the the melody that's like um what song did i want to talk about earlier um like uh my stupid mouth the timing on that song just like from the lyric the how do i say the the meshing between the timing of his vocals to the timing of the guitar that's also another thing that John Mayer is just top notch at how the vocal melody more often than not is entirely different than what the guitar is playing and he's doing them both at the same time yeah polyrhythms that's where I was going to go with that tough man it's tough to do I I wanted to mention a song that he wrote isn't on this album but is like top tier one of the greatest songs i've ever heard him release and that's the song daughters um that's off the next album heavier things yep the lyricism hits so hard Mm -hmm. and uh i feel like he's just such a deep person and uh i just i he expressed a lot more of his humanity in that song Mm -hmm. and uh also has a very kind of like not really feminine touch, but is sensitive. Like he reaches out and has this gentle nature that, like, I mean, it is a it's called daughters, right? And it has to do with like mothers and daughters and lovers and friends and shit. But like, it's just a gentle song. And that's something that I really love about him is like he just seems very like gentle with his spirit. Mm-hmm. And just another. Another reason why I think he's gentle with his spirit is like the song "Waiting on the World to Change." Is like I love that. He song just so much. really says powerful things mm-hmm. about humanity. Yeah, he's. I think he's a good guy. I uh, I could go on. I could. 
talk about John Mayer for several hours about we could just go on down the line. We'll talk about heavier things next, and then we'll talk about Continuum, and then Battle Studies, and Born and Raised, and Paradise Valley, uh, and then it's a search for everything, and then Sabrock. I'm really excited because he's no longer with Columbia. He's an in, he's a free agent right now, which means he oh, cool. he can release any music that he wants. Uh, when he's a free he wants. agent. He can get signed by the Patriots. No way. I mean, he could. He's that's fucking. He's crazy, about as big bro. as fucking what's his face, Tom Brady. Oh, do you guys want to hear a fun fact? So yeah, shoot it. Um. Uh. So. Your Body is a Wonderland was actually featured in one of the episodes of The Office, right? Well, normally when you have when you do something like that, when you you have to get permission from the artist, you got to pay him some money or whatever. But John Mayer's such a cool dude. He didn't ask for money. He didn't want to be on the show. All he wanted in return was a Dundee award that said tallest music dude <laughs> that's all he wanted so that's what he got in order like give me this statue and then you can use your body as a wonderland do you have a music video by him so no i i think i could probably i'm trying to think i'm not big into music videos i never got into them like i watched them on mtv at fucking 2 a.m but other than that Unless something really crazy happened, uh, you know, when I was in high school, and they're like, you got to watch this music video. I never really cared. Because for me, even though sometimes the music video tells the story of the song, I don't necessarily like that because then it takes away from the story that I make up for the song for me, right? Not to say that their uh, true meaning of the song is any less, but... Maybe it doesn't connect with me as much as what I have whittled it down to, you know? Like, this is not my vision. Yeah. I don't know if I've watched a si- any... Uh, no, that's not true. I watched um, the music video for um, Love on the Weekend when it first came out over quarantine just because it it was just a dumb video that he spent like $50 making. <laughs> he was in a fucking sweatshirt and sweatpants uh, behind a green or in front of a green screen. It's just like him being silly and dumb. So I was like, but yeah, I, I don't really watch uh, music videos. It was a very non-millennial thing for you to say. Sorry, bro. They just, I mean, I think I got um, shafted because I remember one of the earliest music videos I remember watching um, I had, I used to have trouble sleeping as a kid and I would go out to the living room and I would turn on the TV volume super low to the, like two fucking notches, right? And I remember watching, I was flipping through, I got to MTV and there was a cartoon on and I'm like, since when does MTV play cartoons? It ended up being the music video for Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas, and I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know who they were at the time. And I was like, what is this cartoon? So I like turned it up and then I heard the music and I'm like, what is this? And that was the day I felt, that was the morning that I fell in love with the gorillas. But yeah, I, uh, sorry. I know I'm, I'm a traitor to my, my generation. I don't watch music videos. I used to have to watch music videos the old fashioned way with the, uh, the Vivo app on my phone. <laughs> the app? <laughs> I thought that was just Yeah, like- Vivo had an app. For a long time. I thought that was just a fucking logo on the no, on the end it, of the fucking video. 
No, bro. It was it was legit. They were like the music video company really? for a very long time. They still kind of are. But no, nah, the Vivo app was a, a a binding moment in my my childhood. I would just sit there on my little fucking broke ass Android phone. <laughs> it just shattered screen. Couldn't see anything on it. Are you sure it was? A, there are you like, sure it was an Android, not an iPhone? I'm sure it was. It was an HTC, bro. I remember. Oh well, that's your problem. I, HTC was. I garbage. sat there and I'd watch a whole bunch of different music videos on my phone until like three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was that was the old fashioned way, man. Now you got everyone's on YouTube. Everyone's posting on Facebook and Twitter. Bro, YouTube. Go on the Vivo. YouTube app. is older than Vivo. Suck my dick, Chris. How about that? Present it. <laughs> Present it. <laughs> a lot of videos that were on Vivo and not on YouTube too, though. Yeah, I just remember, um, like seeing some music videos like on YouTube, and then it would just say like Vivo dash you know, panic at the disco, whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is Vivo? I thought it was just some like brand. They're like, oh, we're doing an exclusive music video with this fucking company. I don't even know. I didn't even know what they did for a hot minute. I thought they were like a, a clothing line or maybe they were a cell phone company. I had no idea. I still don't know what Vivo is. They're a music video company. That's, that's all it does. That's the only thing they do is music videos. Yeah. Well, and a couple of years ago they came up with like a streaming app, but yeah, they just do music videos. I had no idea. Vivo. Yeah. Like drop music videos and they were just way too intense for uh, YouTube. They would get yep. censored and stuff. And so I'd have to go to Vivo to watch their brutal ass music videos. That's, yep. that's fair. That I do. That was a lot of where I discovered like some super popular like death metal. Like they had, well, I, I can't really consider them death metal, but like Amana Marth was one of the bigger artists at the time mm-hmm. on Vivo. So I was listening to straight up fucking Viking metal. That's so crazy. My little, bro, it was wild. I, when I, when I hear Vivo, I don't think of like metal or hardcore or anything. I think like nope. Pitbull and like, you know, Shakira and not, not to go down like a, a Latin lane, but like, just like pop artists, you know, like, um, yeah. I almost Drake said, has a bunch of Vivo videos. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah, that's, um, I don't think Taylor ever did, um, but you know it was it was super prevalent. It was super important. Um, but yeah, metal and hardcore and pop punk was huge on there. There was a band called All Star Weekend, which was one of the first pop punk bands that I could actually recognize as pop punk yeah. as a you know eight year old child. <laughs> um, they one of their one of the their guitar players was on Disney Channel. And they played a snippet of that music video on the Disney Channel, and I was like, "That's fucking sick." <laughs> so I went and looked it up, and I couldn't find it on YouTube. And I was like, "I bet it's on Vivo. I bet you twenty bucks is on Vivo." And I checked it out, and it was the first thing on Vivo. I uh, I googled Vivo just because I wanted to see where it would take me, and literally the first link is just YouTube, and that's why yeah. I never took Vivo seriously <laughs> because it's just a fucking thing on YouTube. It's like so why yeah, would I even go YouTube channel? Why would I go to your website when you're on YouTube? I don't know. The underground stuff. Yeah. My, it's true. Oh, looky there. I just got a notification that John Mayer has added to his story on Instagram. What is it? Oh, he's Active. saying happy birthday to Andy, the dude from um the Bravo network. I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I fucking watch Bravo for sure. <laughs> Can't tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, he's done like, um, 
I don't watch Bravo either, but I know his name because he'll do like sometimes movie intros or he'll be on like uh, New Year's Rock and Eve, things like that. Um, he's just a TV personality. That's really, you'd recognize his voice, I'm sure. But I have, I have no doubt, Chris. He's not I like, no doubt. I'm 100% positive. He's not like Maria Menunos, who's, who's uh, cinched the game in gas station TVs. Bro, that shorty is so bad. She she do she do be pretty. She's crazy fine. Yeah. I, I just see seeing her on those new V previews <laughs> in the AMC theaters, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine what a cushy gig that would be? Just to be like, yeah, so we're gonna give you twenty thousand dollars for you to talk for two minutes and just get people to watch the screen and get excited, maybe do some trivia, whatever. I'm I'm fucking great at movie trivia when she's talking about it dude <laughs> i will listen to every word she says and i'll take context clue even in a movie i haven't seen before i'm like i fucking know the answer to that <laughs> you're speaking girl hell yeah that's funny that's fun uh, well is there any question for go for it i might have an answer have you seen john mayer live i have i've seen him live and it was at the united center in chicago because that's always the closest venue that he plays um which I feel like is kind of special because Chicago, he feels like is a second home to him. So when he first started playing, he's from Connecticut. Um, he got his start in Georgia, right? In Atlanta, playing at a place called Eddie's Attic. That's where he was found. That's where uh, one of his lawyer friends took his EP and sent it to somebody who was connected to the music industry and that's how he got signed to Aware and then through Aware, Columbia found him. But so he started in Georgia and then once he started he started touring and doing like a lot of shows, Chicago became like a home base for him. Like um, that's where he got really into and started really leaning into blues instead of the acoustic like college uh, pop rock that he was doing in um, Room for Squares and kind of in Heavier Things. Heavier Things is still kind of pop rock, but it's not as acoustic as Room for Squares was, right? Um, but then in Continuum, that's when you hear a lot of the like bluesy influence. You've got like In Repair, you've got uh, fucking, you know, he does Bold is Love, obviously. Um, uh, uh, oh no, why can't I think of not waiting on the world to change. That's not very bluesy. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that entire album is great. But I, my opinion is based. Is that right, Gennaro? Did I use that correctly? Uh, you did, but it was still cringy. <laughs> Gennaro is my... Uh, I'm trying to stay hip with the youth. And so I'm trying to implement all this Gen Z lingo. And I have to have make sure I'm the, using it correctly. The Key and Peele skits where it's like Obama's anger translator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my Gen Z translator. Um, but yeah, Chicago, I saw him in 2017 for the search. Yeah, 2017 for the Search for Everything tour. Have you guys ever heard of a band called Yeba? Mm-mm. Bro, nah. Joss, you should absolutely look into Yeba. That lady's got some intense, big old fucking lungs. She is a fantastic singer. Oh my goodness, she. I walked in. Oh, yeah. I walked into the the stadium. Stadium is United United Center a stadium? 
do you consider an arena arena okay there we go um and uh they were performing and i was like it was just kind of an outro to a song and then they went into a new song and this lady just blew my fucking mind and one thing i'm starting to see a lot of is front people who have uh like a soundboard in front of them to where they'll loop their own vocals or they'll add mm-hmm. a reverb to it to one spot or you know they're using like loopers or whatever and i think that's awesome because not only does that show that like you can you know add depth and more texture to the the, the instrument that you're playing but also like it just adds uh, an entire new uh like soundscaping yeah yeah it's an entirely new like, addition to just like oh i'm just singing sound yeah i'm 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 super into it i've i've seen a lot of uh live performances where the vocalist is also like tweaking you know it makes me think of like mark rebier if you guys have seen yeah. it yeah i love I'm that so yeah. uh to touch up on that, have you ever heard of an artist called Emojin Heap? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So also... Emojin Heap. Uh, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Emojin Heap and also Frau Frau, right? Maybe that's not how you say it, but yeah. it was... Uh, the vocalist for Emojin Heap did a, an album in 2002, I think, 2003, with a producer friend of hers, which was like... It's like a... Um, a synth pop, almost like electro, like dance album. Fantastic, fantastic. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't yeah. recommend it more. But yes, go on with. I literally went on this binge recently, listening to Emojin Heat, and the artist uh, has designed and created with a few other creators these gloves. Right, mm-hmm. it's literally a glove that you wear. And it has motion detection to it. So you can program these different motions. Like you can, you wear the gloves, it's connected to um, your computer, mm-hmm. uh, and it has a program that comes with it. And you can do different signals to raise your voice. You can do signals to send it to the left or send it to the right. You can do like a square pattern to loop your voice and then keep that loop going and or take it apart just by hand motions. And I've literally signed up to get these magic gloves because it takes what a soundboard does, but makes it free. So literally it's motion and action utilizing, like looping, reverb, um, how to send different sound waves to different places. You can add your harmonies. It's removing removing the... uh... It's like removing the distraction of having to like look at, you know, the 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 mother not the motherboard, the like the the computer or your your pedal board, you know, essentially. So you can just mm-hmm. focus on the the performance, you know, while doing, you know, just dancing essentially. Yeah, dude, it's just insane because uh uh Emojin Heap had been trying to like mimic how they did the song Hide and Seek with all those different layers. Yeah, that vocoder and, uh, and synth yeah, hell yeah. I, I don't know yeah, what it is about vocoders. Probably the coolest thing I've seen, and I'm literally signed up on a list to order these yeah. motherfuckers. I need it. So I'm ready to take my stuff to the next level and uh I just haven't seen anything 
So I had to bring that up here. That hide and seek song of hers is the 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 layering and the they're called vocoders, I think, where it like kind of duplicates your voice, but also like changes the pitch on them. Um, but I stim so fucking hard with that. It's just auto tune in general. I don't know what it is that it just it makes me super happy. I cried for almost 24 hours straight breaking down that song and what the hell it even means. And I was just like, recently it's just like, I don't know why or how I've known that song my whole life since I was like a teenager. And I, it just broke me. It shredded my soul and opened it up. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it was recently, but oh my God. So now I'm on this kick with Emojin Heap and those gloves. And uh, I highly recommend everybody checking out the Emojin Heap uh, Tiny Desk concert because Ooh. she uh, shows how to utilize how she used those gloves. So yeah, got to check it out. Fuck I'm gonna yeah. check out Yeba, right? Yeba. Yeba. Yep. It's Abby backwards. A B B E Y. But also, if you're into Emojin Heap, definitely look up Frau Frau. F R O U space F R O U. We need to order John Mayer these gloves. Hey, what's he gonna do with them? He's playing a guitar. I might he make can, it sound cooler. Oh, dude, he's playing two guitars at once? Dude, if he could loop his guitar and then solo and stuff, and or just add different aspects of like how dry or wet the sound can be or add distortion for certain sounds, I think he'd kill it. You know what I think John would kill? Playing some metal. I think oh, he could fucking shred. I think he could do some insane shit with how well he knows how to play guitar. I think he'd he blew my mind. He's on a he, he's on a late night performance. Uh, he plays guitar for Frank Ocean in one yeah. of Frank Ocean's like first TV performances. That yeah. shit was I didn't even know it was John Mayer for a bit until like the camera focused in on him. And I was like, no way! Holy shit! Have you listened to Fall Out Boy's cover of uh, Michael Jackson? Yes. Beat it. The beat it with John Mayer on it. Yeah, that's John. Yep. John Mayer's on that track. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to. Th- yeah. I'm really excited for him being a free agent because I think there are a lot of things that he's wanted to do but just wasn't able to do because of his label. You know, I know uh, Columbia wasn't thrilled about him straying away from the the pop rock after Continuum, like when he did Born and Raised in Paradise Valley where he started melding into um, Americana and, like, folk. Because... Um, Columbia didn't want to sell that, so they didn't do a lot of press for it. It's it's highly regarded amongst the like John Mayer fans as a, a gr- as great albums, but the the radio people are like, "What the fuck is this? Where's Gravity? Where's fucking Daughters? Where's Waiting on the World to Change?" It's like, well, that's that ain't this album, man. Like that was after he moved to Montana. After I think it was in 2010, he straight away from the public light moved to Mon- bought a house in Montana and then recorded those two fucking albums and hey you want to see my cat meow meow <laughs> alright kitty get down <laughs> get down kitty god damn it this chair's not big enough for the both of us alright is there any one thing you guys would like to talk about before I do outro stuff cause we're, sh- we're looking at an hour and a half right now I'll give you plugs to talk about your music and where they can find it and all that stuff, but anything regarding the album that you'd like to touch on? I think 
the one thing that I want to kind of address about this album in particular yeah. is you can listen to this in isolation and you know if this was John Mayer's only work you would probably say this is very very good but there's obviously room for improvement mm-hmm. and it's not that the needs improvement musically there's something about the tone of this album that I think he fixed in later works and the only word I can like ascribe to this is maturity oh absolutely I think his later work became so much more mature than this album because this album like I said about like my stupid mouth it can come off as whiny and pretentious and it's almost a turnoff in some aspects you know when that came out he's probably you know early 20s when he wrote it so it's going to be very self-absorbed right it's going to be but I also don't think the 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 I don't really 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 want to say immaturity, but the immaturity of this album, right. I think it almost goes to prove how good of a musician he is and how good of a songwriter he is, because yeah. even with his you know lack of maturity, with you know the pretentiousness, with him just being John Mayer at that time, it really proves that even if he didn't have what he knows now he was still making incredible hits and songs that really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that aspect of it really carried on throughout his entire discography. Yeah. That's one thing that I think is if you do what I did. So I knew about John Mayer, like growing up, I heard his songs on the radio, but it wasn't until 2014 that I like, I, I think I was working construction at the time and I was at some, some place working and I heard John Mayer on the radio and I was like oh yeah I like that song I was like I haven't been listening to him for over like 12 years like I wonder what he's been up to so I revisited you know the stuff that I knew from like Room for Squares Heavier Things and then Continuum and that's where I that's all like Gravity was like the last thing I heard about him and then I was like oh I really love these albums and then I kept going and I just listened from debut to like most recent and that's it's such a crazy transformation hearing you can literally hear him mature from room for squares to i mean now it's like super apparent because it he goes from 23 to 44 right yeah. but it's it's crazy because then you can hear you can hear the depth and you can hear the maturity within um like continuum's got some some big some big feelings um battle studies has some like um self they're battling some things uh i would definitely recommend uh what is it war war of my life fucking love that song um but yeah and then getting into like born and raised and paradise valley and then search for everything which was 2017 that's just like that's like room for squares but more but mature, like actually sifting through all of the insecurities to getting to like the root issues of like, oh, it's it, this has to do with like, am I going to be am I going to end up like my father? Am I am I doomed to be, you know, never satisfied like my mother or my is are my brothers? Are we going to not have the same relationship? Because I don't know this for sure, because I don't think I've ever really like done a deep dive. But I think his parents are divorced. And I think that. I think it wouldn't that did shock something. me. 
Yeah, I think that did something to him. And I and what's crazy, I don't think it was I think they were together for his like youth and I don't think it was I think it was wasn't until he got famous then they got divorced. I think That would make sense. Uh, I think his um I think some, there there might be some uh something to do with his fame that I don't know. But yeah, Search for Everything is fantastic. Sob Rock is I'm not in love with the album yet, but I think it's definitely because I came from Search for Everything, which was like a, a, a super vulnerable album. He was like really opening up, pulling back the curtains and like really revealing himself and what he was struggling with at the time and what he's trying to work through. And then Sob Rock is just an homage to the 80s music that comforted him when during quarantine like during the pandemic. That's literally all that album is, is just him tipping his hat to the artist that got him through quarantine. So I'm not in love with it. There's still a lot of great hits on that song. Like I really love Shot in the Dark, but, um, or uh, When the Right One Comes, oh, it's such a sappy song about like, um, <laughs> I don't have love yet, but eventually it'll come. It's such a fucking... Uh, sappy song but I love it but yeah maturity it's it's if listener if you listen to any of this music off room for squares and you dig it I implore you take the fucking ride the mayor train all the way to the most recent right gayer ride, for mayor bro gayer for mayor get on the squad dog get gayer for mayor that's what I'm saying Johnson you have any fine Johnson do you have any final words yeah about that album is a uh... I'd like for people to take a listen to it again if they haven't listened to it in the full. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to really take in uh, just his musicality. Like if you're a singer-songwriter and you enjoy playing guitar, um, he's got, he he really exemplifies a lot of amazing writing skills. And, you know, that's where he started and it has been such a huge success for him and he has been nominated Mm -hmm. for Grammy. If you ever get nominated for a Grammy, like you're really doing it and you're really making some of the best music known to America and beyond. So like if you're trying to make it like don't close yourself off to this, like let's bring it back. I'm going to push this on to my friends and just be like, yo, listen to this again. though. Like bring this. Everyone should listen to John Mayer. I think it's super interesting. I don't know if I said this earlier, but I did write a note about it. He won a Grammy on his debut album, right? I think it was for uh, Your Body is a Wonderland. He won uh, Best Male Pop Vocal Performance on his debut record, bro. Mm-hmm. You're not bad. No, You don't get a Grammy on your debut record if you're shit. That doesn't happen. It's true. And don't try and pretend like if John Mayer didn't come to your house and sing that song to you, you wouldn't lead him to your bedroom in a heartbeat. Don't don't fool yourself. I would faint. I'd be I'd be all over it. I'd be like, John, I don't know what I'm doing, but you can take the reins. <laughs> all right. Pretty intense. That's pretty intense, bro. You big John Mayer guy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty, take take that's the a, lead, John. Go ahead. That's how much you <laughs> trust that man after never meeting him. Good for you, I've bro. I've never met him once in my life. All right, you guys. I appreciate you guys doing this with me i 
I know, I've I've talked to so many musicians, you know, on the show, and I'll bring up my love for John Mayer, and more often than not, most people know who he is, or they'll be like, "Bro, I really like his one song because you know he is a fantastic guitar player." So a lot of people will look into him for that. But I was I was worried that my 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 fandom for this man was gonna overshadow, and like you guys were doing it because like, oh, I know this song or that song, but. I, I'm glad to know that you guys are fans of John Mayer. Of course, Chris. Anytime. <laughs> now, the the last thing before we go, um, plug all of your socials and all of your music so that the listeners can get... They obviously know you have good taste in music, so you probably make good music, too. Let them know where they can find and follow everything that is your musical endeavors. Um, you can find me on social media... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gentaro, D-J-E-N-T-A-R-O. You can find my band, I Feel Less, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, at i.feel.less574. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, I Feel Less, dots on either end of feel, all lowercase, um, and you can also find us on spot or on SoundCloud under Life Like Legos. What? Why? That's, <laughs> Why uh, that? That's where I had to post some of our music because SoundCloud wouldn't let me create another account, and that is my <laughs> solo project. If you want to listen to my what? solo project, it's Ambient Spoken Word on SoundCloud. It's Life Like Legos, all lowercase, all one word. Ambient Spoken Word, huh? Yeah. It's pretty good. Wrote it when I was like 15, 16, and it's all it's all self-produced. There's three albums on there. You can check it out. Three albums? Yeah. All right, dude. Damn. That's sick. All right, Kanye. <laughs> cool. Um, you can find uh, my Joss Dugan music, J-O-C-E, Dugan, D-U-G-A-N, the word music, on almost every platform. Uh, I have my Crystal KVP is available. I've got a few singles that are coming out on uh, the Babylon Odyssey, which is my full-length album that I'm working on. Um, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, just a little bit of everywhere. Um, I'm going to be in a movie, which is going to be really cool. Yo! Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Concrete uh, it's an all-Latino casted film, so there's a movie called Concrete Rose, the movie. Uh, I will be playing as Joss Dugan Music in the film. I also wrote one of the love songs, and it is a love movie. And uh, I'm I'm really excited. So check me out in the upcoming film, Concrete Rose, the movie. Look it up. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Uh, you should check out my label and all the artists on the label. We are called the Ice Cream Kowan. Ice cream, like ice and then the word cream. And then Kowan is spelled K-O-A-N. And there's about 20 different artists. I am the first and only female on this. And we have a full-length album that is going to be dropping very soon called The Mechanical Yonaki Graveyards. Coming really soon this year. We also have a record deal with Fat Beats. We uh, have an EP that we're going to be dropping through Fat Beats Records, which is sweet. Um, is that and fat with a P-H or fat with an F? Uh, F-A-T. Hell yeah. I believe. Um, so we're doing that, and uh, they are, like, uh, certain people, my producer is closely affiliated with, like, Wu-Tang Clan and a few other people, M80 and stuff, so uh, there's uh, a lot of content 
like hip hop, lo-fi, anime type content. Um, search Hell yeah. But you can find Lydia Michiko, L-I-T-T-Y, Michiko, M-I-C-H-I-K-O. I got an Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook and I am on every streaming platform currently as well. And I will be dropping a whole mess of tracks. Uh, and that's how you find me. Yeah, Joss has no shortage of uh, musical capabilities. I can attest, if you ever get a chance, I know uh, the last time I saw you was with the, the Ghidorah. Was that, is that, am I saying that right? Okay. Ghidorah, like, like Godzilla, right? Uh, yeah. That's the, okay. All right. I'm just making sure I gotta, gotta have that pneumatic device somehow. New, not pneumatic, mnemonic, mnemonic device. Um, but yeah, you will not be disappointed if you go see the Ghidorah project. Thanks. But hell yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're doing like a tribute show here at Vegetable Buddies where Fuck we're going to yeah. cover a bunch of Black Sabbath songs and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. So there'll be news about that coming out too. If you follow Joss Dugan Music, I'll be posting about that on Facebook. Hell yeah. And I love Vegetable Buddies. That's a fantastic venue. Mm-hmm. Um, there too. Gennaro, you got to get out there too. Get out I want to see your guys' music. I love yeah, Vegetable Gennaro. Buddies. I'll pull up. Please, <laughs> said, I'll pull, pull up. up. Listener, you know the deal. You know where you can find and follow us. Uh, Tune Junkies podcast. I'm only just just go to Instagram from now on. Don't worry about Facebook. I'm over it. Um, if you'd like to reach me, oh wait, I got to tell you where on Instagram. Tune Junkies podcast on Instagram. That's I know it's super difficult to figure out. Um, if you'd like to reach me though. You can leave me alone, but if you must be involved with my life, you can find me on Instagram at Chris and Kitty, and on TikTok at Dat Boy Pit Six. Now, the last question I will ask you, lovely humans: What have you been listening to recently? Oh wow! If you have it um, on top of your brain, spit it. If you got to pull be, up your streaming service, I'll be straight up. Whatever. I've been listening to the new Neck Deep track. Shut the fuck up. That's a really good one. Uh, I've been listening to the new Futures drop, uh, I Never Liked You. Um, okay. And then I've been revisiting Leon Bridges quite frequently. If you haven't listened to Leon Bridges, definitely check him out. Bro, you should check it. Have you listened to the EPs he did with, oh, I don't know how to say their name, but it's I think it's like Karangbin, but yep. it's Texas Sun and uh, Texas Moon? Yep. Fantastic, bro. Fantastic. Hell Yeah. Joss, what so, you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to uh, more stuff on the hip-hop tip. Uh, yeah. I worked with this guy named Killa Priest, and he's like a Wu-Tang member. It's called the Killa B. And I've been watching everything he drops. He's got a podcast, too. Um, check out his podcast. He's freaking sweet. But he's like a very conscious rapper, and I really yeah. love what he talks about. Um, other than that, I've been listening to a ton of people from the Koan, but... When it comes to metal, I've been listening to freaking Arkspire. I don't know if you ever listened to Yo. Arkspire. Arkspire. So good. It's my shit. Um, and then like a little bit of like sleep, like doom metal, a little bit of doom metal. Hell yeah. Sleep rules. And FKJ. FKJ. Always check out FKJ. He's one of my biggest inspirations on the keyboard. And uh, yeah. And Mark Crubier. Hell yeah. I uh, I've been listening to a lot of <laughs> Switchfoot's "The Beautiful Letdown." I don't know. Boo. I recently. What do you mean, boo, dude? That album rules. 
That was fantastic. The other day. It sucks. Bro, you suck. Okay? You suck. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, so I don't know. I, I, I really like the singles from that album, you know, Dairy to Move and, uh, Meant to Live back in, you know, when I was in middle school, but I never looked into them any further. And one of the songs came up on a playlist the other day and I was like, I like these, both these songs are from this one album. I might as well listen to it, listen to it, fell in love with it. Um, I also just recently, um, found a band called, I don't know how, but they found me. Very, um, very good. They're on bro, tour right now. That I heard the song, leave me alone. Bro, I can't get enough of this fucking song, dude. I listened to that song. Say what? What are they called? It, their band is called, I don't know how, but they found me. That's the entire, oh, okay. entire band name. Um, check out the song, leave me alone. It's, oh man, it, so there very rarely does a song make me want to stop what I'm doing so I can get up and dance, but this song fucking makes me want to get up and dance, dude. I don't know what it is. It just, dun, 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 dun. It's, it's got a real disco vibe to it. And I, I've got a, somehow I have a weakness for disco. I just fucking, I love it. Um, <laughs> I've listened to, listen to some Faith Hill. Um, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, and uh, let me see. What else What else is in the search history? Let's just see what we got here. Um, <laughs> no, that's you can't find that on streaming services. You have to, you have to Ill- illegally download it. Um, I think I'm going to have to try. Okay, so I'm about to oust myself. I like to say that I'm emo, but this is, this is going to take my credibility down. I have never once listened to any single one entire album of Taking Back Sunday. I know two songs, and I'm not even like a huge fan. Um, so I'm I I've been trying to dabble into Taking Back Sunday, but every avenue I take, I'm just not interested. And I don't. I feel like I feel like that knocks my credibility down as like I like to say I'm an elder emo, but it does. if I'm not a, if I'm not a fan of Taking Back Sunday, how how elder emo can I be? You know. There's better bands like Seosin and Senses Fail, and you know the Used. I would Back agree. Sunday's fire. Y'all are capping so hard <laughs> Bro, right now. You're, listen, no, listen. You're you're in that pop punk thing, man. I'm not gonna say that they're not good, but it doesn't speak to me. Okay, you know a band does speak to me. The Used, right there. Shout out to Bert. I hope you're feeling better. I know you had to cancel some shows because you're having some mental health issues. Cool, Anyways, Chris. Great yeah, listen, you never, you never know. You never I'm just, I don't know. I saw that the other day and it made me, I'm just fucking, I'm fucking traumatized now, man. I've had so many of my idols fucking kill themselves. First Chris Cornell, then fucking Chester Bennington. I'm just like, I'm now, now it's a fear. Now it's a fear that some of these musical icons or these people that I have, you know, it, it raised on a platform could just fucking punch out. And it makes me really nervous and really kind of anxious about it all the time. I totally understand. It's been, I feel like it's been really hard for a lot of people and especially musicians uh, because their livelihood has been lessened a lot because of the pandemic. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. It's mental health is really up there right now. Um, yeah. So I support sending love to people and trying to keep everybody here and, you know, making do with what we have here. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Sending life force and love to everybody is important. Take care of yourselves. Stay hydrated. Pet cats, even if you're allergic, and listen to John Mayer. That's that's yep. that's the key to success right there. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Um, I can't wait to run into you again, whether it's you know at a show or if it's eating shitty wings at Wings Etc. with fucking You Jen enjoyed Taro yourself. Shut it. the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a good conversation, and those those pretzel those pretzel bites were fucking fire. They were so good. So. All right, guys. I will see you on the next episode. This has been a Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris. Deuces. Deuces.